Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today, joined by Justin Wells. It's another edition of Questions Answered. We've got nine days left until the season, but there's some off-field stuff that has definitely taken a lot of headlines. So we'll hit that. We'll hit recruiting. We'll hit a little bit of everything as we continue the countdown. Justin, single-digit days. Are you ready for football to be right around the corner? I'm very ready for a number of reasons, especially what happened yesterday. That makes me even more eager for football. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll jump right into it. Um, If you're a Texas fan, you probably saw this. But uh, one of the big quotes yesterday that came out uh, was from the Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark. He was speaking at the Red Raider Club, uh, similar to the Longhorn Foundation, but the Texas Tech version, um, and was obviously pandering to the crowd just a little bit. Maybe a little bit too much if you're a Texas fan, or maybe not enough if you're a fan of any of the teams that did not uh, make their way out of the Big 12 and are remaining. And what he said was this. He's he's looking at Joey McGuire, Tech's head coach, and says, Coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin on Thanksgiving, and you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. So, uh, Justin, what do you what do you make of uh, Brett Yormark's comments? Well, after the deputy commissioner took a couple backhanded jabs at Texas and Oklahoma, I, I can't say I'm surprised. Maybe it, it came out in a, <clears throat> a a memo within the company that hey, it's it's take we're going to take shots at Texas and OU. Let's have some fun this year. <clears throat> In that quote you said, the, the the thing he said right before it was also a little annoying. We, we got rid of OU in Texas a year early. I know you guys are happy for that. And again, he's pandering to his audience. I get that. It just, when, when, when you see so many, for guys like you and me that cover this team, and you see so many freaking penalties like last year, and things don't add up, and, and I get it. It's part of the game, the nuance, blah, blah, blah. But, man. It sure makes you think, yeah, these guys have it in for us. When they actually, I don't think they do. I think they're just happy being in their place. They're happy and they're trying to make the best of their situation. And if that means kind of taking digs at Texas and Oklahoma along the way, I think that's what Brett Yormacher and these guys are going to do. You know, they left. And so I think the way for them to rally the rest of the mid-12 was to kind of put them up on that pedestal, kind of, you know, poke holes at them. And so I'm not surprised. I'm a little surprised by the reaction. I know Texas fans are upset. OU fans are a little upset. The national media seems to be upset. And then they get ticked off when you, when the response is upset. But at the end of the day, Joe, it reminds me that football is fun and that this is prime Bulletin board, bulletin board material. This is the stuff. Listen, when they play tech, they didn't need any juice to play tech after what Joey said in the locker room last year. Now, man, this is just going to be such a fun season. So many things can happen. The expectations are off the charts. And now Brett Yormark is doubling down on what's going to be a really fun 2023 season when he's in Arlington in December handing that Big 12 trophy to Steve Sarkeesian. Man, that'd be something. I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I do want to bring out a, a little bit, bit of piece of uh, what you've mentioned is that, you know, even before this, Texas fans thought and Oklahoma fans probably thought, 
well, the refs are going to have it out for the Horns and the Sooners this year. And if you ask them, you know, Texas fans will look at the Oklahoma State game where there's one penalty. I think Oklahoma fans have been, I've heard, uh, seen stats where they basically had opposing offenses had one holding penalty versus the Sooners all of last year. Um, so what there were there were already thoughts in Texas fans' heads yeah. and Oklahoma fans' heads that you know conference officiating is going to have it out for uh, the Longhorns and the Sooners, but it was unsaid. And this, of course, nothing was said by your mark about officiating, but this is the commissioner of the conference who has a stance that, hey, we are looking forward, me, the Big 12, you know, speaking for the conference, we are looking forward to watching you, Texas Tech, defeat another member. Like, that's that's something that is not going to quell any uh, <clears throat> conspiracy theories or theories, I guess to say, from Oklahoma and Texas fans as this season comes along. Um, trying to think of, of what else from Brett Yormark. Do, what do you think Texas should do in response? Because throughout this whole process, they've been diplomatic. Um, Steve Sark or not Steve Sarkeesian, but uh, Steve Sarkeesian's talked about, we want to win the Big 12 this year. Chris Del Conte has talked about, we're going to fulfill our obligations as a member of the Big 12 this year. Uh, Kevin Eltife, who was on this channel the other day, uh, spoke about how they, you know, they believe they did everything by the book as best they could in order for uh, Tech to maintain Texas' best interest. So now that this is out there, should do you think there should be any public response by UT? No, I think Del Conte's embrace the hate needs to be the mantra for the season. Because that's what's going to happen. Just go ahead. You and I have talked about this before with crazy stuff that happens on the message boards. Embrace the chaos. You know, when a recruit goes sideways, let's just embrace the chaos. Well, I think that's that's Del Conte's stance. And it's going to be within the, the confines of the Texas facilities. I don't think there's going to be a public statement. I don't think there's going to be anything in that regard. I think it's going to be funny the next time Del Conte and your marker in the same room. Because we know Chris isn't going to pull his punches either. He's a, he's a smooth he's a smooth talker. But no, nothing needs to be said. Just like nothing really was said after the deputy deputy commissioner made a couple shots at the Big Twelve media days. Take the high road. I feel like Texas and Oklahoma have done that for the most part. Now all the other people are going to say, "Well, you tried to kill a conference." Eh, Texas didn't try to kill the Big Twelve. They, they, they tried to do better for their program, and they felt like going to the SEC was that move. Obviously, but just go the high road. I feel like CDC's done that for the most part. I, I you know, I, I feel like that's kind of been his MO from the start. Embrace the hate. Listen, like you said, it's always been kind of known, but never said out loud. Now it's said out loud. Let's have fun with it. Yeah, I think so. I think embrace the hate's the way to go. Um, I, I kind of wrote something on Inside Texas. It's like, great. hey, if you want to, if you want to play, uh, if you play with pigs in the mud, you're playing in their home field. And that's not to say too much bad about Brett Yormark, because up until this point, I really liked a lot of what he had done. I don't think this was the smartest call by him. But, you know, that's from a Texas perspective. It's if you're a Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, heck, if you're maybe even Colorado, Arizona State, you like that he's looking out for your group. Uh, but if yeah. you're Texas, I don't think you need to get into this war of words to where no matter what you say, you're probably going to come out looking petty if you yep. go to, and, and 
Texas does not like being petty. It's always tried to rise above the fray, and sometimes it hasn't worked to its benefit. Uh, but I think this is a situation where it would uh, specifically work to its benefit. Um, anything else on this? I mean, here's the other thing. Um, this was at a Texas Tech event. Joey McGuire is really good at playing to his audience, whether that be the Red Raider locker room, whether that be you know a packed full United Supermarkets arena, or whether it be the Red Raider club. Uh, and he called Texas and Oklahoma so-called blue bloods who are with one of them being really good at Olympic sports. Not sure if he said it by name, saw it from a report from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, but uh, do you think Joey McGuire may be writing some some checks? His mouth isn't un, or by that his team may not totally be able to cash at this point. I hope so, because they're talking a lot. And if there's one thing Texas can do this year to shut all of it up, is win. And they went at, they left the Southwest Conference as a winner. They took everyone out in that last season. If they can do that again, this will be this this just amplifies this. Joey, listen, Joey, you said it. Joey's great. He he knows exactly how to say it, talk it up. Good old boy, you, you know, he's the DFW Jeff trailer. He he, he that's that's kind of how Joey is, how he operates. But you're going to have you, – <laughs> you're talking like that with that roster. Yeah, that roster. That's what you're – you're talking like you've got Clemson players. Mm-hmm. You're talking like you've got some Georgian LSU players. You don't. That program doesn't. There's a reason Joey's the coach there because the roster's terrible. And so Joey's got to do what he has to do to keep those guys up. He's got to do what he has to do to keep the mid-12 rallied and to keep the Red Raider club happy. And Joey's going to do that. Joey's going to do that and do it well. But, buddy, you, you said it. It's like the, 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 the from the scene in Top Gun. You're, you're, uh, <laughs> you're going to be writing – your body's going to be – your mouth's going to be writing checks. Your, your body can't cash. And so the Red Raider football team, they're going to have to take on a lot of Joey's mouth. And I don't know how much that's going to be cool in October and especially around Thanksgiving. Yeah, no doubt. I, I posted something last, last thing on Texas tech. We'll, we'll pop it back to Texas football. Um, ever since Chris Beard was hired away by Chris Del Conte, the temperature between Texas tech and Texas has just soared. Yeah. And I think if Chris Beard had gone to Duke, yeah, there'd be some animosity. There'd be some rivalry. But ever since then, there's just been a feud unlike I've any I've seen before. Like a and swell. then Joey, to, to his advantage and to his credit, or to, in order to use that to his advantage, has kind of thrown some gasoline on it. And, hey, that's, that's what you'd expect. But it is reaching a boiling point, and I wonder – I wonder what's next. I wonder what the next word is or the next action on this point. But all right, we've talked enough about Texas Tech and the Big 12. And your mark. Let's talk about Texas a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit rapid fire with you at each position. We'll just do pretty simple. Stock up, stock down, or about the same. Okay. Let's go with – let's start on offense. Let's go at quarterback. Stock up, stock down with Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, Arch Manning, and that crew. Stock up. Stock up. Quinn Ewers is better. 
He's improved. What you're, he's done exactly what you're supposed to do in an offseason. Fine-tune your mechanics, get in shape, learn the offense, and have fun when Sark adds new toys to the room. Quarterback stock up. Yeah, I'm with and that. And Arch player. Manning coming on in, in spring in fall camp. I don't want to deny the backups. Look, Malik Murphy, I felt like, had the better spring. Arch has had the better fall. And so right now that backup quarterback position has, has been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I think if we hadn't heard any progress from Malik or Arch, I'd, I'd be willing to say about the same. Uh, because we we have these high expectations for Quinn, they were he showed enough progress over spring to be named a starter then, which I think is a good thing. Uh, but if we didn't hear much about the backups, I'd probably be willing to be closer to about the same than stock up. But because we're hearing that, because we know Texas has had to have a backup play in a lot of the most recent seasons or the second string guy yeah. play, it's a huge deal. I'm stock up there as well. What about running back where uh, Jonathan Brooks, Keelan Robinson, CJ Baxter, uh, Jaden Blue, I guess if you want to throw him into the conversation, seems to be the uh, the, the core um, four that Texas will utilize. It'll probably mostly be with the top three. What do you think about the running back room? I'm a, I think they're holding serve right now. Ask me this question with running backs in November, because if CJ Baxter progresses like we think, think like we think he can, that's 218-pound freshman running back that's, that has a lot of Cedric Minson to his game and so who also played early as a freshman. So I, I think they're holding serve. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, we haven't heard anything bad. It's a position that probably takes the most pounding on the team. They, they stay healthy. Um, we haven't heard anything you know, to, to make us think that the running game is going to take this gigantic step back. It's going to step back. You don't right. have Bijan and Roshan. Um, and, and you don't have Bijan and Roshan to cover up for some of the you know potential downfalls of the offensive line that we saw last year from the interior guys. And again, that's that's something that's a little bit different too that we'll get to. Uh, but you know, Jonathan Brooks has done everything. You haven't seen a lot of movement, uh, and that's a good thing. I, I feel like uh, guys are in the right order. Um, I'm about holding holding it the same as well. What about tight end? Uh, we know about Jatavian Sanders. We know about Gunnar Helm. But outside of that, we haven't heard a whole lot. What do you think about the tight end position? I, I, I want to say they're holding serve. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm not going to say stock down, but because you have a potential first-round draft pick in that room, and Jatavian Sanders, who set a single-season record for catches last year by the Texas tight end. So they're not – stock isn't down. But it's not necessarily up either. It, it, it's pretty much holding serve with Gunnar Helm. Uh, you, you've got a couple new guys on the roster that are going to get red shirts that need that need to get better with Spencer Shannon and Will Randall. And so right now, I think they're still holding serve. Yourself? I, I think they're holding serve, but I think you have to acknowledge that Gunnar Helm has become a, a, a player that they trust more than they have in the previous two seasons. But that's also countered by the lack of what you know it, uh, behind them. Juan Davis, I, we haven't heard a whole lot. We haven't heard bad, but we haven't heard progress. Um, and then after that, you know, Will Randall, he's he's played, he's he's done, you know, he's going through camp, still coming off an injury, still a right. freshman at tight end. Same with Spencer Shannon, uh, a guy thought to be more of a, of a blocker than a receiver. So I, I think you have to note the progress of Gunnar Helm, but also note not much else has happened behind him. Combine that with Jatavian Sanders, yeah, holding serve. We'll go wide receiver, and I think, uh, I think this one's got to be uh, moving in the positive direction. Stock up. The room's better. And the room got better by default when you add an A.D. Mitchell. 
and a Jonte Cook and DeAndre Moore, and you you move Xavier Worthy around where he's not going to see bracket coverage every snap. And, and you got a Jordan Whittington who returns to the room, who not only does, earns respect from the team, but but the defensive coordinator pay, has to pay attention to him on third downs. Stock is up by the wide receiver room. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I'm with you. Um, A.D. Mitchell, you have four now that are good enough to play, not four that you kind of have to play. Because remember, right. a lot of times last year, they only used two. They only used Jordan Whittington and and uh, Xavier Worthy, usually opt to go 12 personnel or 50-50, you know, which is still a lot. Um, so now that you have four and – Xavier Worthy, eight, he. It's kind of funny. Yesterday he said Adonai is what he wants to go by in, in words and writing. AD kind of around the locker room, which I get. So Adonai Mitchell, um, Isaiah New York, Jordan Whittington. You know that's a four you can work for some you can work with. And then you add in Jonte Cook playing really well. You add in DeAndre Moore being capable. Ryan Niblett surged during right. his camp, and that I think we all knew Ryan Niblett may have had the best athleticism of that 2023 class, but the least refinement as far as a receiver. And now he's showing progress with that refinement Casey Kane as up well. there. Yeah. yeah. Casey Kane still bringing it at that position. So I think the receiver position is in a good spot. I don't want to split up the offensive line between tackle and interior. Uh, we kind of know what's going on at tackle. We kind of know what's going on in interior too. So how do you think the offensive line between stock up, stock down and holding is, uh, is working right now? I think it's between stock up and holding. I think we'll know more after the first month of the when that rotation gets set. When we see the the first five, when you see the six person off, you know the 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 six man off the bench, and then you know eventually get to the eight where they can find a a rotation. I think the stock is up because the room is so young. After Jacob, after Majors and, and Christian Jones, there is nothing but sophomores and freshmen on this offensive line. And so, and they're only getting better. Kelvin Banks is improving. Cam Williams is improving. And those, they didn't even have better camps than DJ Campbell and Neto Umiazulu. And so, it, it's somewhere in between stock up and, and, and maintaining maintaining right now. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I think I would go with stock up because all the players that we're talking about for being in the starting lineup played last year. Of course, we got Kelvin Banks, we got Hayden Connor, we got Jake Majors, we got uh, probably DJ Campbell, who played a lot last year, and Christian Jones right behind him. We have um, uh, Cole, Cole Hudson. Hudson basically being the, the the guy along all three interior spots. And then if you go further back with, than that, Cam Williams played a ton. It was on field goal, but he played a lot. Uh, and then number eight, I guess, would be Neto. And I can't recall how many snaps he got off the top of my head, but 
you know, if your number eight guy is your least experienced guy, well, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm stock up just because of the, a lot of the guys that we saw last year who did okay, pretty good, but okay to pretty good for a lot of the the season. Um, of course, some some bad spots as well, but all those guys are back, and that's the crew who's making up the the majority uh, of the conversation at, at the top five and even top six. So I'm uh, I think they're going to be in a better spot, and, and they have to be just because we talked about wide receiver being or uh, running back being holding, tight end being holding. Um, yeah, they, they have to be better. So, all right, we'll move it let's to the defense. The yeah, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. You we start with the defense. You go first line. on the defensive guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll split up the defensive line a little bit. So let's go with the interior. Uh, talking about the tackles, guys like Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, uh, even Vernon Broughton, Trill Carter. Um, even going a little bit further down, you can throw Jare Bledsoe and even Aaron Bryant in there. What are your thoughts on the the guys Bo Davis is working with? Yeah, that to me that's a stock up. I was thinking about holding, but there's too much talent there. That they lost Coburn and Ojomo, and they're they're still going to be a strong part of this program. So you have to listen. When Trill Carter is your backup, that's a guy that took over logged over 500 snaps last year in the big as an All Big Ten honorable mention defensive tackle at Minnesota. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. And so I I. I got to I, I got to say the stock is up and they only added one guy in the offseason from a freshman in Sadir Mitchell, who is ginormous and who is probably going to, you know, log a few snaps as a freshman this year. To me, the stock is up just because the room. Listen, Byron, Mur outside of Kelvin Banks, Byron Murphy might be the best player on this team. And Alfred Collins has the potential to be in that conversation. And then you, like you said, a Vernon Broughton and a Tavondre Sweat who decided to come back for his senior year. Staka is up in that room only because it remains a strength on the, in this program. I agree. Uh, we saw how important having a rotation was last year to where, you know, even though o Ojomo and, and Coburn were the draft picks, Sweat and Murphy, I think, technically got more starts or a similar amount of starts and had more snaps. Yeah. And those guys are back. Alfred Collins has had a great camp. Uh, Trill Carter, you bring him in. We haven't heard a ton about him, but he's he's you enough know, to know he's making a dent, right? And then Vernon Broughton has even uh, been a guy people have talked positively about. Sadir Mitchell, I don't know how much you're going to get from him. Maybe ten snaps a game, just because he's he's got to get into college football shape. But he's going to have an impact in his career. I think that's a position that is really um, it, it hasn't. I don't know how much it has improved over the course of camp, but they are already at such a high level to start with and have probably gone up a little bit more with Alfred Collins being as good as he has been to where it's it's definitely a, a, a positive trend line. Uh, what about the edges? That's been kind of the big key, big question about the whole defense. What do you think about that spot? That to me is I'm, I'm, I'm borderline stocked down on edge, and it's only because of the inexperience out there. That's it. Like. Listen, in in two months, Ethan Burke could could very well be an outstanding, you know, Jack. Will I mean uh, Anthony Hill, who's going to play some, you know, some some inside linebackers, also going to play some some edge. In two more months, that guy might be a guy where we we revisit this question and we start to talk about potentially stock up. But right now, it's unproven, Joe. There there is nobody on this roster that has a hand, more than a handful of sacks, especially at that position. And until we see production, until they get to the quarterback, 
it's stock down. I'm with you. I think you have to take the the surge, not even surge, the improvement of Ethan Burke into account. Um, but we don't know really what, what if something were to happen to Baron Sorrell. We don't know what happens at Jack. Like, does it go to does Justice Finkley fit, flip back over there? Then your depth is thin, and you're relying a lot on a lot of guys from the class of 2023. I think Baron Sorrell is going to have a good year, but outside of him, we're not sure. And that's why, you know, last year we saw Jet Bush there, and that was a big yeah. problem because Jet Bush, as try as he might, not a good Jack. Um, Justice Finkley, uh, uh, Ethan Burke, you know, Steve Sarkeesian talked about how they have given him a top three at those spots to make him feel a little bit better and solidify edge. But there's still so many questions to where even with the improvement of Ethan Burt, you're not hearing of just like, oh, and, and granted, maybe the tackles tech they're going against have something to do with this. But there just hasn't been enough good news. And the, 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 the position is at this point so young to where I'm not sure how I feel about it heading into the coming season. All right, off-ball linebacker, got an All-American there in Jalen Ford, a competition to replace Marvin Overshone. What do you think about that spot? That one to me is is holding serve um, with the potential to be stock up. We need to see what the linebacker room is going to look like outside of Jalen Ford. We need to see how much how many how many snaps Ben is going to log. How much impact is Mo Blackwell going to have because he's going to be playing quite a bit. Anthony Hill, how much of an early impact? This is a guy that after hearing practice reports and scrimmage updates. I don't know how they're going to keep him off the field in 2023. The kid's already 235 pounds. And so outside of Jalen Ford, it, there's question marks, but they're good question marks. There's potential there. There's a lot of upside there. And so I, I'm going to have holding serve at linebacker. What do you think? I, I think that's a good place. Um, David Benda has, has done a, a pretty good job over the course of this camp. I always – Maybe I take this into account too much, but I, I feel like they're not putting the scrubs out to talk to the media. And David Benda, while he's got a good story, and that's another factor, he's out there talking to the media, was out there a couple of weeks ago, and I think that's a, a positive. Um, it's it's a position where Steve Sarkeesian has options, obviously. Between Benda, between Anthony Hill, between Mo Blackwell, they can throw different guys there to see what works. And, and we haven't heard of it being just a weak link on this team. So yeah, I, I like where it's headed, but I think holding serves good spot. All right. We got two more. So let's go real quick corners. And I'm going to include a star in that position. And I think this one, this may be the, the highest trend line on the team, or at least on the defense. This is, this is the team. This is the spot that we got to raise the position. Roof. You can rotate the top four. You have J- Jade Barron. The yeah. only question may be who's Jade Barron's backup, and it's Jalen Gilbo, who started games last year. I think this position is probably the strongest on the defense and is going to help the rest of the Pete side of the ball a lot. Stock up. Hey, we it was going to be a good position before Manny Muhammad got on campus. Now? <laughs> it's hey, strong. Manny, Manny time is here. And let me tell you something, that man is playing football you know, a, lot, a lot like Anthony Hill. It's going to be hard to keep him off the field. That stock is up at corner, man. Finally, sorry, specialist, but we're going to go, going to, go to safety. Um, I'm, I think this one's closer to holding, but it's still stock up just because Jalen Catalan's remained healthy. 
He's done everything that I think Texas fans expected yeah. him to be uh, upon his transfer. You may have a little bit of questions about depth. You have Michael Taft, uh, but then you have Keaton Crawford, who there's still some questions about. Derek Williams, who is a freshman, and while he's got talent, he's a freshman at the same time. But I think this is stock up just because we've heard of the solid play of Jaron Thompson moving into Anthony Cook's field corners or field safety spot, and Jalen Catalan just being the the freshman All American, the All SEC player that he was in 2020. He's showing that a lot to where this is not you know just through the roof, but it's still going in a positive direction at this point. Not to mention Keaton Crawford. Who, who was named on the Senior Bowl watch list, one of the big-time special teams gunners in college football right now. Also trying to find his spot, played some corner early in his career. I think they even had him at a star for a little bit, and now he's playing some safety. That's a – I'm going to say holding serve at, at safety with the with the option of stock up because Jalen Catalan scrimmaged last Saturday. And I got to tell you, I think that went under-noticed. I think that's a big factor because for a long time, I felt like they were going to keep a green jersey on him until week one. And for good reason. He's a, he's a flying missile with, with a busted shoulder. And so he's healthy and he's already in the scrimmage mode. To me, that, that makes the option from holding serve to potentially stock up. Yeah, I, I'm with I- I think that's a fair place to to leave it, and uh, you know that's a lot of stock up. <laughs> you know, we only had basically uh, one position that was stocked down, and that was edge, and we were close on tight end, I think, but we yeah. kept it at holding just because of Jatavian Sanders. So, a lot of positivity coming from the Longhorns camp this upcoming season. Thank you so much for watching this latest episode of On Texas Football. Uh, We'll be back next week. We'll have a game to talk about next week. We'll have football to talk about next week, and we'll have picks to make next week against the spread where hopefully I can fare a little bit better than I did last season. So, Justin, thank you so much. For our producer, Matthew Hutchinson, I'm Joe Cook, and we'll see you next time on On Texas Football.